you to turn with me, Joshua chapter 10. And that is where we are uh, taking a look here. Joshua chapter 10 and 11, as we take a look at, uh, well, parts of 10, parts of 11 and 12, this is kind of the middle portion of the book. So the beginning portion, the beginning chapters, what we've seen, we've seen the Israelites, they had been rescued out of slavery in Egypt. God had them in the wilderness for 40 years. They were wandering, and God said it is time. He was going to lead them into the promised land. Except it wasn't just a piece of cake. There were challenges along the way, but God was there with them. So these opening chapters, we've encountered certain things such as crossing the Jordan River at flood stage. God did a mighty miracle there. We saw uh, in earlier chapters uh, the, the story about the fall of the walls of Jericho. God doing mighty miracles, miracle after miracle after miracle as he is bringing them in to the promised land. And so this morning, this is sort of the, the middle portion. There's a couple chapters here as um, we've seen some of what God has done to bring them into the land. And then the latter portion of the book of Joshua is going to be about kind of the dividing of the land and uh, dividing that into the different tribes and then some of the, the final challenges and final thoughts of Joshua as God speaks through Joshua to the people. And so here we've got a couple of chapters at the middle. So we've entitled the message, After a Miracle. After a miracle, because what we've seen up to this point is we have seen miracle after miracle after miracle. In fact, just uh, in our last week, we saw God do something incredible, another miracle. They were uh, defending the Gibeonites based on their peace treaty that they had done. The Gibeonites were attacked by five different kings, and they went in battle to fight on their behalf to defend them. As they were in this battle, the sun was setting, it was getting dark, and Joshua prayed a bold prayer, a prayer that might never have been prayed since. Joshua prayed that the sun and the moon would stand still. God answered the prayer. The Bible says that it was light for about another full day. And they were able to be victorious in this battle. God not only stopped the sun and the moon, giving sunlight for an extra day. The Word of God says that He fought on their behalf. He sent some hailstones. And the Word of God says that more died because of the hailstones than because of the battle. Now, some of you who were, who were paying attention, you were studying, and you were a part of this. Uh, you were a little extra biblical last Sunday night. We had our girls' ministry uh, honor uh, cer uh, ceremony, celebration. And right about the conclusion of our honor celebration, as we're getting ready to head towards the fellowship hall, there was hail. Many of you saw and experienced that last Sunday night. And so many were kind of gathering, looking out the, uh, the foyer windows and doors to see just the parking lot and, and vehicles pelted by, well, penny and maybe even quarter size and above sized pieces of hail. And multiple people referenced the sermon and the scripture from the morning. And can you imagine... Uh, now, I'm, I'm curious, and I'm, I'm kind of the photographer like that, and so 
I snuck out and took a couple pics on my phone and snuck out to, to try to get a, a couple pics with a camera. And I leaned just a little too far forward because we've got that overhang there. And I leaned just a little too far forward and I got pelted on the arm with one of these pieces of hail. Now, these were kind of marble-sized, maybe, you know, quarter nickel-sized. And yet, the Word of God says that he hurled hailstones down on Israel's behalf. So I can only imagine the size of what those might have been. So we see miracles, not just that the sun and moon stood still, that there was this extra day, basically, of sunlight, but that he helped them win the battle, helped them win the victory with hailstones. So what do you do after a miracle? What do you do after God breaks through? What do you do after he does something so incredible it kind of blows your mind? So we're going to be looking at this morning. After a miracle, what do we do? What is needed? What must we have? And so this, this middle portion of Scripture here in the book of Joshua we're going to take a look at oh, about two-plus chapters worth, and we're going to look at just a handful of things that we must have after a miracle. So after a miracle, first of all, we must have continued obedience. Continued obedience. So Joshua chapter 10, looking at verse 16, as we left off in verse 15 last week. Joshua 10, verse 16. Now the five kings had fled and hidden in the cave at Makeda. When Joshua was told that the five kings had been found hiding in the, in the cave at Makeda, he said, Roll large rocks up to the mouth of the cave and post some men there to guard it. But don't stop. Pursue your enemies. Attack them from the rear. Don't let them reach their cities. For the Lord God has given them into your hand. He's saying, don't stop. Keep going. Pursue. Keep going with what I have instructed you. After a miracle, we must continue to be obedient. I know these are earth-shattering things, right? As we look to the Word of God, these are going to be some well, some simple things that we probably know, but things to be reminded about. We've got to continue in obedience. We've got to do what it is that God wants, when God wants, how God wants. Because you see, the temptation is after the miracle, after the breakthrough, after the healing, after the provision, after the, the finances are met, after the relationship is restored and mended, whatever the case, after the miracle, the tendency and the temptation is to kind of settle in, breathe a sigh of relief, everybody breathe in, and now breathe out. That can be the tendency if we're not careful. God did a miracle. <sighs> all of these things we've been praying for, all of these things you know, we've been wondering about, and whether it's physical, financial, relational, uh, emotional, spiritual, all these things, it's, it's just been driving us crazy. We've not been sure where to turn or what to do. And God does a miracle. And there's a tendency to kind of ease up, let go, breathe the sigh of relief to say, 
we're good. We're done. There's been success. There's been something positive, and so we kind of let up. But God's speaking, and Joshua is acting, and he says, don't stop to the army. Keep going. Keep pursuing. Keep obeying what God has given to us. Because the challenge is that we sometimes stop going. You ever found that to be the case? I know I have. You know, I'll tell you, for me personally, just one thing that comes to mind, and I'd shared this publicly in the last couple, three years or so, my personal challenge of being a little bit more fit and trying to lose a little bit of weight. Anybody ever had that goal or desire? Had, had some of you there, right? So I, I share with you my three thoughts my three, this wasn't doctor sanctioned. This was just, here's three thoughts on trying to maybe be healthier in my life as a result of some of the physical things that are part of our family line and family tree. So I'm going to eat a little bit less. That's probably important. Eat a little healthier. Exercise a little more, right? Those are three good things if, if I'm wanting to lose a little bit and be a little bit healthier. And so this, this wasn't one of those crash diets. This was just, you know, eat a little less, eat a little healthier, exercise a little more, and little by little, and it took time. And it took some time, and it took a little longer than I thought. It took a little longer, and, and I, I did well, and I pretty much hit my goal. And that's good, right? Now, looking back, particularly as I'm reading over this Scripture and studying to proclaim to you about keep going and continue, continue. I look back a couple years ago and I think I was probably <sighs> happy, content. I hit my goal. And looking back, I think I might have had some of those thoughts that, you know, eating a little less and eating a little healthier, exercising a little bit more, I think I deserve a little something. I think I deserve a little extra sweets. I think I, I, think I deserve, I need to reward myself with a, with a second, with a second portion. I, I re I'll reward myself with maybe not walking or exercising today because I'm good. I've hit my goal. Now, I know this has never happened to any of you, so this is, this is just me sharing, okay? So if you ever encounter somebody like that, you know, let me know. So I began to, and this was a slow pattern. This, this wasn't something that happened overnight. Because how many of you know it, it, it wasn't overnight that I lost the weight I was seeking, that I made those positive changes to eat less, eat healthy, and exercise more. So pretty soon, I found myself, and in the, the last about year and a half or two, as a family, we become a, a Fitbit family. We've all got Fitbits now. So now I can keep track of how much I'm walking. It's not just, okay, a number of minutes. I know how many steps I take. So here's the interesting thing. In the last year and a half or so, I've actually been walking and exercising more. Unfortunately, that's only one component of the three that I was seeking. There's also that eating less, eating healthier. And what I've seen is over these last couple of years, I've emphasized the exercise, but maybe not continued in some of those things in the other areas. And I've seen 
some of that weight continue to creep back. Again, you've, you've never experienced any of that, but if you find somebody, you let me know. It can happen with a diet and exercise. It can happen with our finances, maybe trying to get out of debt and having a plan and, and a, a budget and, and trying to have you know, an idea of where our, our money is going. It can happen in our relationships, but it happens in our spiritual life. God does something incredible, and all those things that we were focused on, we're reading God's word, we're praying, we're spending some extra time in studying and studying and really being tuned into God, and God answers the prayer. God does a mighty miracle, something we've been praying about, and we say, ah, I'm good. God, you answer the prayer. That's awesome. Yeah, let, let me just kind of, let me put this Bible off to the side for a little bit, and all that, that prayer time I was really so focused on, but God, you, you've answered that. Sometimes we don't continue in the things, we don't continue in the obedience that God has spoken to us after a miracle. And so the challenge, the challenge for you and I spiritually is after the miracle that we continue to obey what God says. Joshua 11, verse 9, the next chapter. We'll, we'll just hit a couple of verses to kind of emphasize this. 11, verse 9, it says, Joshua did to them as the Lord had directed. After all these miracles, he did exactly what God directed. Three verses later in verse 12, Joshua took all these royal cities and their kings. He totally destroyed them as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded. God is bringing them in to conquer, to oversee these areas. He's doing what God had commanded. In fact, the Lord had commanded Moses to command Joshua, and he's continuing to obey that. Just three verses later in verse 15 of chapter 11, it says, as the Lord commanded his servant Moses, so Moses commanded Joshua, and Joshua did it. Now, check out this next phrase. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. Let's just pause right there and let that sink in. He left nothing undone of what was commanded. Can the same be said of us? As God speaks to our heart, we read the word of God. God speaks to our heart in, in a Sunday school lesson or in a, in a message, in a sermon, in a teaching, in a special service. Can the same be said of us, or are we leaving certain things undone? Because again, that temptation, that tendency is we feel good about obeying the things we like or that we're good at. But the things that we struggle with, the things that we just don't feel like doing, we'll leave undone. God, you're speaking to my heart about loving one another and loving my neighbors and loving our, our church people, loving our family and loving our friends. So, yes, God, the ones that love me, I will love. Yeah, the ones that don't love me, yeah, forget about them. God, you're, you're speaking about humility as I'm reading your word. Yes, God, I'm going to be the most humble person ever, God. 
I am going to be so awesome. I'm going to be so humble. You will never have seen a humble, more humble person, God. And on and on and on. Sometimes we struggle with the things that, that God's challenging us with. It says that he left nothing undone. What has God been speaking to you or challenging you with? As you've read the word of God, as you've spent some time in prayer, maybe he's challenged you to read God's word. Maybe he's challenged you in that discipline of prayer. Maybe he's challenged you in giving and supporting his work, the tithe and above and beyond and in offering. Maybe he's challenged you about getting involved in ministry, taking part in VBS or one of our other areas of aspects of ministry. Maybe he's challenged you with supporting missions and missionaries. Maybe he's challenged you to share God's word with a, a neighbor, a friend, a family member, a coworker. Have we left those things undone because maybe they feel too overwhelming or because we feel God's already accomplished some things and so we'll just kind of stop right here. I'm content right here. Number of verses forward then, chapter 11, verse 23, it says, Joshua took the entire land just as the Lord had directed Moses. He gave it as an inheritance to Israel according to their tribal divisions. So this is that middle portion of the book. We've seen everything up to this point. There's been battles and conflicts and, and challenges, and, and there's been some sin. There's been some issues to work through. Now here comes some of the, the battles being waged as God gives them this land. We're about to see in future weeks how it's divided up and, and some of God's plan for that. But you see, in our life, sometimes we think close enough it's good enough. Will we continue in obedience as God desires? Joshua left nothing undone. I want to challenge us that we leave nothing undone that he has prompted us, challenged us with. So after a miracle, certainly we must continue in obedience. But after a miracle, we must also have some persistent determination. We're going to keep going. We're going to persistently determine to follow God. Joshua chapter 11, verse 4 and 5, it says, They came out with all their troops and a large number of horses and chariots, a huge army, as numerous as the sand on the seashore. All these kings joined forces and made camp together at the waters of Merim to fight against Israel. Now, you might be tempted to think, is this the same group? Chapter 10, they just waged war against a, a bunch of kings. On chapter 10, as they were defending Gibeon and the Gibeonites, they took on five kings and their armies, and through God's help, they overcame. They subdued them. Chapter 11 now, a bunch of other armies. You would see in chapter 11, the heading would be northern armies. These are a bunch of northern city-states and kings that unite together, combine together now, even more kings, even more people in this army. The estimate would be 300,000 soldiers, 10,000 cavalry troops, perhaps 20,000 chariots. Joshua and the Israelites were vastly outnumbered. In spite of this mathematical shortcoming, Joshua persistently was determined. Joshua chapter 11, verse 18, it says, Joshua waged war against all of these kings for a long time. 
This wasn't, he just went out to battle to try to see if he could conquer. And then it was tough, and he kind of turned back. Scripture simply says he waged war, he waged battle for a long time. Scholars, as they look at the timelines in here, would believe this to be about a five to seven year period. They'd experienced mighty miracles from the Jordan River to the fall of the walls of Jericho. And even after all of that, they're needing to continue in battle and in warfare for five to seven years. The challenge is this. Be determined. Be persistent. Don't quit. Don't give up. They'd experienced the mighty miracle of the Jordan River. God instantaneously allowed that river to split, and they walked across on dry ground. An immediate miracle. They faced Jericho. They walked around it for six days. On the seventh day, they walked around it seven times, and the walls came down immediately. It was a one-week process. This, however, following the miracle of the sun and moon, following the miracle of the hail and following the miracle of conquering these five kings at once. Now they're continuing for another five to seven years. Wouldn't it be a little tempting to kind of give up when things are tough day after day, month after month, year after year? But after the miracle... We must continue to be obedient, and we must be persistent with our determination that says, I'm going to honor what God has said, what God has called me to do. See, sometimes if it's not immediate, we give up. We like fast stuff. We like fast food. We argue and complain when it's not fast enough. 30 seconds to order and and get a burger and a shake, but it wasn't 25 And so when day after day becomes week after week, becomes month after month, becomes year after year, the tendency can be to ease up, to not be as persistent, to not be as determined, to follow and obey what God has called us to. Joshua 11, 23 says, Joshua took the entire land. After five to seven years of the battles being waged as God was leading them into the promised land, many things were given instantaneously. This middle portion of Joshua, we see faithfulness over the long haul. Due to the length of some of these scriptures, I'll I'll just refer to chapter 12. You can take a look at that. There's a heading titled, most of your Bibles would say something like this, list of defeated kings. In other words, after these five to seven years of continued obedience, persistent determination, following God, obeying God, here are all the kings and kingdoms that they have conquered that God has given to them. It starts out listing Sihon and Og as a couple of kings that through Moses' leadership they conquered. And then the whole rest of the chapter, you've got to count it up and get to the very end, and it says 31 kings. 31 kings and kingdoms that Joshua, with God's help, 
God's oversight, God's strength, God's power has defeated. 31 kings and kingdoms didn't happen overnight. It happened with continued obedience. It happened with some persistent determination. God was faithful. No doubt, at different times, rather recently, or maybe a little bit in the past, God's spoken to your heart. God's challenged you with something. And maybe you've been tempted to, to give up, maybe to stop praying, maybe to stop working, maybe to stop trusting, because nothing's been happening. I want to encourage you, persistently be determined. Trust God. Sometimes things happen instantaneously. Sometimes things take time. But trust God to work on your behalf with persistent determination. Finally, this morning, what must we have after a miracle? We need to have some faithful reminders. So we've kind of been looking at a portion of chapter 10 and chapters 11 and 12, just kind of looking at this in summary for some principles and for time's sake. We're going to actually jump back to chapter 10. And this is following the Gibeonites and following these five kings that were captured and placed in the, in the cave. And following that, they were said to have ruled over them. They, they did various actions that kind of show that they had seniority over them and a symbol of what God would do to the rest of their enemies. But here's what Joshua chapter 10 verse 27 said. It says, at sunset... Joshua gave the order. They took them down. They put them in the cave where they had been hiding. And at the mouth of the cave, they placed large rocks, which are there to this day. Now, a casual reading of that, we kind of glance over and we think, well, that's kind of weird. They put some rocks at the cave. Let's move on to something else. Now, let's stop and let's camp out for just a little bit. They placed large rocks at the mouth of this cave where the defeated kings were placed. If you've been with us here for a number of weeks, you've seen in previous weeks that there's been a couple of other times where they made a pile of rocks. In fact, when God brought them across the Jordan River, they piled together 12 large rocks one from each tribe, and they put that in the middle of the Jordan River as a reminder of what God had done in allowing them to cross on dry ground. They also then, after they crossed the Jordan River and reached the other side, they placed a monument there of 12 large stones, one for each tribe. See, as God did something significant, as God did something monumental, there were these reminders and so here they have these kings. God has helped them to rule and reign and be victorious over. They're placed in the cave, and now they're piling up and heaping up a pile of stones at this cave's entrance. That was a visual reminder of what God had done. Everybody that was there and a part of that and seen what God had done, when they saw that, they would be reminded. 
for children and for others maybe not old enough to know or maybe not yet born, as they would pass by and say, what in the world is that big pile of rocks? They'd be able to share the story. God's faithfulness, God's provision, God's miracle. After the miracle, let's have some faithful reminders, teaching moments. God, in his word, he said, don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. Be strong and courageous. These are some words being echoed many times through the word of God. Maybe you have some of those reminders. Maybe, maybe you have a handful of those things that you hold on to. I, I, I kind of love those types of things, things that are symbolic, things that are meaningful. Maybe you do that as a family, and maybe you do that with uh, some photographs or put a little uh, photo collage, a little photo book together after a, a trip or a vacation or something uh, special. Also, keep uh, different things from ministry and, and youth ministry or pastoral ministry, just different things that have kind of symbolized God's presence and God's power and different things that God has done over the years. And uh, these are a couple of the interesting and maybe a couple of favorite little pieces, these, these go back to the early years of ministry in Galleon. You might have heard me speaking uh, different times over the years about the fact that in Galleon, uh, we bought a bowling alley. It was a bowling alley that had a fire in it, and uh, everything in it basically inside was gutted. Anything of any value was sold. All the equipment from uh, the kitchen sold. All those nice wooden bowling alley lanes sold. All those nice machines, bowling alley machines sold. So that was the number one question. When anybody from the area, anybody from the community, anybody from Ohio, they'd hear we bought a bowling alley. First question, did you keep a couple lanes? Would have been nice. No. Everything was sold. It was basically a shell that had had a fire in it, lots of fire and smoke and soot damage. We had to, and this was a project that uh, the church people worked together, so we hired very little of it out. It took a lot longer, about two to three years worth, a lot of work days and work nights, and had to get everything in out. All the, all the wood, all the walls, any, any leftover stuff. And so in, in one of these work days or work nights where we're clearing away all the wood, this was where all the lanes were and while all the lanes were on top of. And we're ripping out all of the wood. And in one particular portion, I saw a handful of items. And some of those other items I, I gave back to the, the church and things or some couple of other um, pins and items. These are a couple of things that I found and kind of hung on to as a, just a memento, as a remembrance of God's power, God's provision. These are old pop cans. These are from back in the day. In fact, uh, I've noticed that they've had some of these throwback Mountain Dew cans that actually look like this. Not quite, but almost identical to this. Um, this features a little guy shooting a, a gun, and the, the catchphrase on this Mountain Dew can is, It'll tickle your innards, Y-O-R-E, and this is on the can, in the bottom it says, made from flavors specially blended in the traditional hillbilly style. I don't know, maybe Mountain Dew was marketed to hillbillies, I don't know, but this, apparently this was on the can, and then this here is a team pop from the 
makers of Pepsi-Cola. So here were two cans that were in there. And so I keep this on kind of my, my galleon memento souvenir shelf. But every time I look at that, I'm reminded about the fact that God was able to take this burnt, not burnt down, but fired bowling alley. And with God's help and a lot of people's work, it was cleaned up, it was restored, walls and and everything else was placed inside of it, and there has been ministry taking place for about the last 15 plus years. It's been an incredible transformation of something that many people probably just left for dead. Oh, that's the place where there's a, a fire in. And God was able to take that and use that for his honor and glory. Every time I see one of these, yes, I'll chuckle at the phrases. I'll chuckle at, at what the can says, but I'm reminded about God's power. I'm reminded about what God can do. I'm reminded about the fact that there's never this hopeless or useless cause or case with him. Faithful reminders. Be reminded about God's strength and comfort. God can continue to meet and supply your needs even after a miracle. Be reminded that the battle is the Lord's. We see that here in the book of Joshua. When they have tried to face the battle on their own strength, they've failed. But when they trust in God and realize that the battle is his, he helps them to be victorious. He works on behalf of his people. Remember that the enemy is a defeated foe. The enemy is a defeated foe. Chapter 12 lists foe after foe after foe, defeated and conquered by the power of God. Now, you and I are not facing these kings and these kingdoms. We're facing a lot of other things in our lives. The enemy, a lot of other challenges. The enemy is a defeated foe with God and his strength. Be reminded that God can turn mistakes into miracles. Just a a couple of weeks ago, we looked at the fact that the Gibeonites deceived the Israelites. They acted like they were from so far away to get Joshua and the Israelites to enter into a peace agreement. That peace agreement meant they would fight on their behalf. And now we've seen these last couple weeks, the effects of that. As they stepped in to honor their peace agreement, they took on five kings and kingdoms. But here's what Joshua 10.42 says. All these kings in their lands, Joshua conquered in one campaign because the Lord, the God of Israel, fought for Israel. What ended up being a mistake, what started out as them making an agreement that they shouldn't have because it was against God's word, it was against God's will, it was against God's plan, God was able to even turn that around, conquering all five at once, rather than waging five different campaigns against five different kings, because all five battled against Gibeon and battled against Joshua and the Israelites. That doesn't mean 
that we have license to just go out and intentionally do wrong and license to go out and intentionally sin and then run back to God and say, God, make it right. God can. Many times God can turn those mistakes into miracles, but it's not licensed to do whatever we want. You and I make mistakes. That's true. With God and his power, many times those mistakes can be turned into miracles. What must we do after a miracle? What must we do after God works in our heart, in our life, in our finances, in our health, in, in our families? We must continue in obedience. We must be persistent in our determination. And let's discover some faithful reminders of who God is and what he's done. 